Hey everybody, this is Lucas from Coastal Vineyard. Just wanted to say thank you for downloading this podcast or maybe picking up a CD after service. We love you and we are praying for you. We believe that your best days are yet to come. So expect the best. We hope that this message inspires you and moves your faith into action. So sit back and enjoy. Well, praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's still on the throne. And he works every day in our lives, right? Yeah. Amen. Before I get started, I'd like to read a scripture here. Romans 1:16. it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Faith. found in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 1. Somebody said that it couldn't be done. But he, with a chuckle, replied, that maybe it couldn't. But he would be one who wouldn't say so until he had tried. So he buckled right in with a trace of a grin on his face. If he worried, he hid it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. Somebody scoffed, oh, you'll never do that. At least no one has ever done it. But he took off his coat and he took off his hat. And the first thing we knew, he had begun it. With the lift of his chin and a bit of a grin, without any doubting or quit it. He started to sing as he tackled the thing that couldn't be done, and he did it. There are thousands to tell you it cannot be done. There are thousands who prophesy failure. 
there are thousands to tell you and point out to you one by one the dangers that wait to assail you. But just buckle right in with a bit of a grin. Just take off your coat and go to it. Just start in to sing as you tackle the thing that cannot be done, and you'll do it. This poem, written by Edgar Guest, is a philosophy of life. And that philosophy of life is found in God's Word. In God's Word is found the philosophy of life. Everything that you need for your success in life is right here. The poem so vividly illustrates that. People will tell you you can't do something. And Satan's henchmen are always out there pointing out to you the negative. Right? But I want to share a word with you today. And you'll find it in Psalms, the philosophy of life, right? Verse 11. David wrote this. Chapter 11. Psalms chapter 11, verse 1. I'm reading from the Living New Testament because I like the way this reads. We're going to talk about this today. If I can get through it. He says, How dare you to tell me flee to the mountains for safety? When I am trusting in the Lord. How dare you tell me to flee to the mountains for safety when I am trusting in the Lord, the philosophy of life. 
found in the Scriptures. Nowhere else but the Scriptures. God's Word is true, right? We're going to talk about that today. Daring, discipline, and determination. Why Pastor Lucas has me up here, I don't have the slightest idea because I can't even tell a good joke and get a laugh. And y'all know what that means. <laughs> but I take this responsibility seriously and will try to the best of my ability to tell you what's on my heart today. The past few weeks, Pastor Lucas has been talking to us about having a dream. Dream again. He's told us. And that's so scriptural. If you'll turn to your Bibles in Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, Peter, in his sermon at Pentecost, preached but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out my spirit on some of the flesh, a little bit of the flesh, a few of the flesh. No, he says all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Are you a dreamer? Do you have a vision today? If you're not a dreamer and you don't have a vision then why don't you? I was looking at one of the songs that we sang, I Exalt Thee. And I was looking down there in the extreme left-hand corner because I like sometimes I like to look at who writes the song and, and what publishing house publishes those songs because sometimes it's a little catchy phrase the publishing house like worship and truth or something like that and I noticed that that little scripture song I exalt thee was written in 1977 
35 years ago. And I believe the one who wrote it was, his last name was Sanchez, if I remember correctly. He had a dream, didn't he? Had a dream of exalting God. 1977, for some of you old-timers like myself, was a, a period of time, it's, it's kind of like in Genesis chapter 1 when God's Spirit was hovering over the waters. One of the three persons of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit was there in creation as we learned this past Wednesday night in John 1. Back in the 70s, mid-70s, late-70s, very early 80s, God's Spirit was hovering over our land. He was pouring out His Spirit on all flesh who would receive it. I think some people referred to that as a charismatic movement. They had to put some kind of name to it. But God's Spirit hovered over the land. Songs like that were being written. People were coming to the Lord. In our little church where Diane and I went, I saw people come in the door of that church. And before they could sit down, they would weep. Spirit of God was there. I've seen it happen here in churches locally. And on occasions I see it happening here. People will come in and feel the Spirit and the power of God. And they weep. That's okay because that's cleansing. Your young men shall see visions, write songs. Your old men shall dream dreams and sing those songs. And I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. Without a dream from us, how is he going to build his kingdom? Without a dream or without a vision, how is he, God, going to build this church?
It's a rhetorical question, and it has a myriad of answers, and I'll not even try to go there. But without a dream from us, how is our church going to go and grow out in the community? Do you have a dream today? Do you have a vision today? Joseph was a dreamer. God elevated him. Didn't come easy, did it? Hardship. You know the story. He was Jacob's son by Rachel. Had to work 14 years to get Rachel. And then they had a son. His name was Joseph. He was Jacob's favorite. Dreams some dreams. Problem was, his brothers were jealous of him. So they came up with this idea that they'd sell him into slavery, and they did. He was sold into slavery. They took him to Egypt. But he became prosperous in Pharaoh's house. Things were going pretty good for him. He was prospering. Kingdom was prospering. But there was one problem. Pharaoh's wife. She was apparently attracted to Joseph. He must have been a stout-looking young man. And she wanted him to sleep with her. He refused. She had him thrown into prison. Hardship. No, he wasn't there 10 days. He wasn't there 30 days. He was in there several years. And then came dreams from a couple of the other prisoners and Joseph, being a dreamer himself, interpreted those dreams, told them what was about to happen to them. It did. And then one night, Pharaoh had a dream, found out that Joseph could interpret dreams, so he sent for Joseph out of the prison. Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and in that dream, he told Pharaoh, we're going to have a period of seven year, 14 years, seven of them is going to be good years. Seven of them are going to be famine. And in those good years, we'd better store up food to get us through those seven lean years. Sounded like good advice. Pharaoh did what Joseph said, and he elevated Joseph in the kingdom. And because of Joseph's resourcefulness, he saved the kingdom and God's people. But it was only through hardship that the promise came. 
Moses was a dreamer. You know the story. He dreamed of leading his people to freedom, to the promised land. Was it easy? No. Hardships? Yes. The people were so unruly that God wanted to kill them. Remember? Moses intervened. Told God, but you said. Man of discipline. David was a dreamer. And you know his story. Dreamed of taking the giant right out of the land. First comes the promise. And then comes the testing. I've always thought that the test is God's way of seeing if one will be faithful through the test. And if you're faithful to the to the test and through the test, then God knows that He can trust you to accomplish whatever it is He wants you to do. An element of trust. Someone has said that life is hard and then you die. Huh. Sounds fatalistic, doesn't it? But if that's all we thought, then nothing would ever get accomplished. Life's hardships are there for a purpose, to build character in us. I know Diane says... God, I know you want to build character in me, but if you don't let up, I'm going to be quite a character. <laughs> the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 5, verses 2 through 5, through whom also we have access by faith into, into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope can you back it up one And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, 
knowing that tribulations work perseverance. Don't quit. My dad used to say stick to itiveness. If you start something, finish it. Don't quit. Because in that, you build your character. That builds hope for the future. And it also gives you a spirit of confidence knowing that you can do this thing, you can get through this thing, you can persevere through this thing. Hope. And hope does not disappoint, it goes on to say, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So see, the Holy Spirit helps you during these times of perseverance, getting through the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11.1 Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's look at that and digest it a little bit and tear it apart. Back in the day, I loved the diagram, but they don't do that anymore. We see some things here. Faith, being the subject, is is the verb. Predicate adjective, substance and evidence. Faith is substance, and faith is evidence. And then as we diagram it, the word now comes right under faith. So faith is now. Okay? It's the adjective there. If you're taking notes, English scholars. <laughs> now. Right now. This very moment. Faith is substance and evidence. Now look at let's look at substance and evidence. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for it men of old gained approval. So you see hope is a good thing. Sometimes the best of things. Personal Development 101 today, okay? The Bible, as I said a while ago, is God's handbook for daily living. It's God's handbook for success in life. 
if you'll read it, and you read it enough, then you'll begin to believe it. In Psalms 50, reading from the Living Bible, Psalms chapter 50, verses 14 and 15, God says, What I want from you is your true thanks. I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Now, for those of us in direct sales, I've been in insurance business for 40-some years, so I know whereof I speak. And in the Bible, according to Charles Bennett, <laughs> I translate that as God will prosper me and God will give me the sale and I get to spend the commissions. I give him glory and that's a pretty good trade-off. See, he gives me the best of what he has for me and I give him glory. And Wednesday night in John chapter 2, we're going to see that in action when Jesus turns the water into wine. He turned the water into wine at the end of the wedding ceremony. But if you read that closely, you'll see that the governor... didn't go to Jesus and say, you saved the best wine to last. No. The governor went to the wedding guest, the man who was given the celebration, and said, you've Say the best one to last. You see, Jesus was over here in the shadows, not taking the credit. And that's what he's saying here. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you. And you can give me the glory. We spend the commissions. He gets the glory. And that's a great trade-off. Let's look at Proverbs. Let's, let's, let's look at some of the Proverbs. We're talking about personal development 101 here, folks. Let's look at, at see what the Scripture says about some things in life. Teach a wise man and he'll be the wiser. 
teach a good man and he will learn more. For the reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. Wisdom and good judgment live together. For wisdom knows where to discover knowledge and understanding. In the King James it says, I wisdom dwell with prudence to give us knowledge of witty inventions. In my day timer, I have a, on my extreme last column over here on the right side, I, I, I so strongly believe that, that I have a little section, and I, I draw every time I have to turn a page, I draw a light bulb, and I'll take my highlighter, and I'll highlight, I'll put yellow inside that little light bulb to make like it's shining, you know, an idea, right? You know how light bulbs come off in your head. And that section is called Divinely Inspired Ideas. And I so believe the word that I have it there for a purpose because I know that sometime God will drop something in my thought, an idea, a way of doing something. And I'll jot it down in that, in that section. He gives us knowledge of witty inventions. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. A chapter for each day of the month. If you read the book of Proverbs, a chapter a day, it will change your life. It will give you a new focus. You'll start dreaming dreams. You'll start having visions. You'll see things. You'll understand things. And I would recommend that you get yourself a living New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs. You can find it at the local bookstore, bad, uh, bookstore, Christian bookstore. And begin reading it. Easy reading because it's the living Bible. Getting back to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is the substance? Well, the substance are those inner ingredients like work, pain, disappointment, failures. If you have an appointment with someone and they don't show, you know, those little demons that stand out there just waiting to trip you up, that's the substance. And yes, even victories. A few victors will come along. Just enough to keep you going, right? So your goal is to make your faith that evidence not seen at the very beginning. The substance or inner ingredients is the doing it. And the results 
are the evidence of the above. You show me your accomplishments, and I'll show you and the world someone who has faced it through to success. Someone who has built for themselves a business or whatever with God Almighty's help. And that someone can tell you fabulous war stories of perseverance, failure, victories along the way, and so forth. So as to show you how he or she got to where they were going. Personally, I think this is exciting stuff. I think we need to listen to these people. We need to learn from them. They've been there. They've done that. And the Bible is full of these kinds of people, isn't it? Just remember, the few who accomplish are the envy of the many who watch. Let me repeat that. The few who accomplish are the envy of the many who watch. And that leads me to my three points today. To dare, to determine, and to discipline. These are all good biblical words and sound biblical principles. And let's look at them as applied to our faith. Dare, defined, is to have the necessary courage or boldness for something. To make a show of one's courage. And there's a great example of that in 1 Samuel 17, 42 through 47. And let's look at that. First Samuel 17, 42 through 47. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
And then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he, the Lord, will give you into our hands. The second point is discipline. To be disciplined. Discipline means training. To act in accordance to rules, drill, military training, instruction, and exercise designed to train to proper conduct or action. What does it take to measure discipline in one's life? Well, I can tell you what that. For most of us, Discipline was taught at an early age. As I observe today's society, there's tremendous lack of discipline. Mom and Dad taught me early on the consequences of a lack of discipline. We found it at the end of a switch. A switch is defined as a, a long, thin piece of wood, mostly a branch from a piece of shrubbery or a tree, which, when put at the end of a parent's hand, renders correction in a matter of a few seconds. And I remember having to go get the switch off the shrubbery. We had a yellow bell bush. And my mom loved yellow bell bushes. Now I know why. And if the switch wasn't big enough, she'd make us go get another one. And I've gone to school many a day with little stripes on my legs. <laughs> Discipline. The Holy Bible, God's instruction book, calls it a rod of correction and tells us that if it isn't properly applied, that we hate our children, Proverbs. Discipline. We learn that in the classroom as we listen to the instruction of our teachers. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Was what we heard. Respect is also a first cousin to discipline. That reminds me of a story I once heard. Little Jimmy came home from school one day, and he was bragging about what he'd learned in school, and his dad was proud. He said, Little Jimmy said, What'd you learn in school today? And Jimmy said, Well, we learned to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Oh, his dad was proud. He said, You did. Little Jimmy said, Yep. You know, Coach Fletcher won't put the football team out there on that field until they've gone through hours and hours of drill and practice. This year it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of practice, but it will come. The victors are there. <laughs> They'll be there. 
We persevere through these times, right? The Army, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force won't put a man in a, an airplane or put a man in battle until that soldier has had hours and hours of drill and practice and tribulation from the first sergeant. Because if you try to put a soldier in battle without the discipline of initial training or putting an athlete on the playing field without the proper discipline in that particular sport, you're going to wind up with chaos. Hebrews 11, 24 and 26 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Discipline. Abraham refused to be blessed of man because he wanted only the Lord to prosper him. Discipline. Elisha wanted that double portion when Elijah was taken to heaven. Discipline, yes, enough to stay with Elijah to the very end. And we could go on and on. Paul, Peter, James, John, Jacob, Rahab, Ruth, Naomi, and every person sitting in this room. You see, it isn't what these heroes of the Bible did necessarily or where they started necessarily or what their lives were like early on necessarily. It's what they became, discipline. And lastly, determination. Determination is defined as to come to a decision, a resolution to decide to come to an end. In the Living Bible, it tells us that the determination to be wise is a first step to becoming wise. So determination, then, is the first step to what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? What are you trying to attain? What have you determined for your life and the life of your family? Ever thought about it? Have you chartered your life to flow with the plans and purposes that God has for you as it relates to one's dream? Job chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 reads, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it, When you stop and think about this, are you too just walking to and fro, walking up and down the earth? Seems to me like that was the devil's domain. To and fro. To and fro. 
And he apparently wasn't accomplishing too much until God had to remind him of his servant Job. Is that us? Not accomplishing too much in our lives? Seems to me that Satan wasn't all that good at perception. says in the word that he comes at us as a roaring lion. Pastor Lucas has admonished us to dream. What are your dreams as concerns our church? Ever thought about where we're going as a church? Ever thought about becoming a vital part of the church? through its leadership, teaching, singing, greeting, helping in whatever capacity. That's one of the reasons that we're going to two services so that we can double up in our leadership and double up in in teaching people how to serve and, and how to be and how to become. Dreaming. You see, leadership takes many forms, and any area of work requires a certain amount of daring, determination, and discipline. Isaiah 50, verse 7 says, I will set my face like a flint, and I will not be ashamed. My dad used to call it, put your blinders on. And don't be swayed by what's going on over here or what's going on over here. You take that rifle approach rather than the shotgun approach. And you set your eyes like a flint toward that goal. And don't be moved. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the fight, I have stayed the course. He told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, be disciplined in your approach, keep the faith, and do those things taught by your grandmother Lois. Priscilla and Aquila pulled Apollo aside and taught him a more perfect way concerning the things of faith, disciplined, determination, daring, You bet. Enough to get their names in the book of life. I've always wondered, the Bible alludes to this, if God isn't writing another book, book of life I think it said in Revelation and will your name be there because one day it's going to go through there and what will that book 
say about your faith? And what will that book say about your dream, your vision, your determination, your ability to faith it through? Would you lay down your life for the church's cause? Would you lay your life on the altar and say, God, not my will, but yours? Not what I want, Lord, but what you want for me. Are you determined enough in your spiritual life to say the winds may blow and I might sway like the old pine tree, but bless God, I'm rooted in the concrete of his love and I'll not move. As for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. I heard a preacher once say, or preach a sermon called, People with a Clout in Their Shout. Let's be that kind of people. Daring, determined, and disciplined enough to go out with that clout in our shout. And I wrote down somewhere while we were singing a while ago the line to that first song that we sang. Here it is. Whatever lies before me, let me be singing. before the evening comes. I love that. doesn't matter what happens during the day. Lord, let me be singing for you when the evening comes. Mm. Someone, somewhere in here I have a close, but closes this are you willing to dream are you willing to have that vision from God and pursue it or is Pastor Lucas just preaching to the four walls Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without any doubting or quit it. But he started to sing as he tackled the thing 
that could not be done. And he did it. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, I don't know where everyone is with the Lord from what I observed during this part of the service. Most everyone seems to be accomplished in their faith. And that's good. But have you given it all to your dream, to your vision? Maybe you'd like to. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You don't have to be ashamed if you want prayer. There'll be someone up here to pray for you today. And we love that. We're a praying people. If you want to make that determination, Lord, I'm going to start that new chapter in my life today. I'm going to be determined to read your word, to study your word to be that doer, to be that dreamer. You can settle that right up here today. There'll be people here who love to help you settle that. Let's pray. Father God, your word says that in the last days that you'll pour out your spirit upon all of us and we'll have dreams and visions give us a dream today Father and help us to be courageous to step out and to tackle that dream to work for that dream. And with your help to accomplish that dream. In Jesus' name, amen.